Welcome to the interview edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter. We've got three great interviews to get to on this fantastic podcast. The first of which is Canadian Tanner Bozer in the co-main event. I love speaking with Tanner. He's just so honest, funny, direct. Somebody that I really enjoy speaking with and uh, a real up-and-coming Canadian, probably the Canadian that is closest to title contention in the UFC right now, outside from maybe like a Jillian Robertson. Bozer in a bit of a lighter division in terms of uh, depth, uh, obviously not in terms of weight because it's the heavyweight division, but Bozer is someone who I think is one to watch in terms of Canadians in the UFC. And then we've got the main event, Tiago Santos, a gentleman. Enjoyed speaking with Tiago Santos, who uh, his last fight against John Jones, split decision loss, tough loss for him, but he was fighting injured and had to rehabilitate that injury for the last year and a bit. Now he's back and he's taking on Glover Teixeira. Teixeira on a win streak right now, uh, a legend of Brazilian MMA. And uh, these two former title challengers are trying to etch their spot in the pecking order of the light heavyweight division. A lot of people thought this would be for the number one contendership. However, with Dana White saying that Israel Adesanya is likely next for the title, trying to become a two-division champion, I think the winner of this fight is unfortunately going to be left on hold. However, I do think that this is a fantastic matchup between two very exciting fighters in the light heavyweight division. So let's start off with our interview with Tanner Bozer, followed by the two main event combatants, Thiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. This is the TSN MMA Show interview edition. Thanks for tuning in. He's the pride of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He's in the co-main event this weekend against Andre Arlovsky. Co-main event, that must sound pretty cool. Uh, it's a new one for UFC, yeah. Yeah, so uh, does that have any sort of extra meaning for you? Does it? Do you feel like you've made it yet? Uh, no, uh, I'm, it's cool, and my friends and family really think it's cool, and there's a definitive time slot probably where I'll be fighting, so it's easier for them to tune in. Uh, it's, like I said, it's neat, but that's kind of where it ends. End of the, the end of the day, I have a job to do, and that's go in there and fight Andre Arlovsky. I don't care if it's the first fight of the night or the co-main event. Either way, it's the same thing. When you're matched up with Arlovsky, I feel like that has meaning to heavyweights because Arlovsky has seemingly been the gatekeeper, really, at heavyweight for a couple of years now. I suppose, kind of. Uh, it's a big opportunity for me. Arlovsky, you know, is an ex-UFC champion and uh, someone who's been around for a long, a long time. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a big fight for me. There's no two ways about it. I remember speaking to your manager after you won your last fight, and I said, you know what would be a good matchup for him is Arlovsky. And then, like, I think it was like a week later it was the done deal. <laughs> so it's, it's, I just think it's the perfect uh, point for where you're at right now in your career. Uh, Andre's a very tough opponent, and he's kind of the guy that, that keeps people outside of the top ten or, or gets you into the top ten. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. He is, he is a gatekeeper. If you can beat him, you're going to get a top 15 matchup. And if not, well, maybe you're... Not ready yet, but he's always dangerous. He's extremely skilled. He's good at everything. Uh, he, despite being 41, really hasn't slowed down. And he has a strong schedule, and he's got a lot of skills. I think it's going to be a good fight. Now, I don't know how much you came up watching Andre Arlovsky. I forget who his previous opponent was. Uh, I think it was Rosenstrike. And Rosenstrike was telling me that he used to play as Arlovsky in like the UFC video game for PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know how much you watched Arlovsky coming up or uh, if there's any sort of extra meaning facing a legend like that, a former champion. Uh, it's, it's cool. You know, it is. It's neat. It's something I'll have uh, forever that I'll have been able to fight a guy who I believe will probably be in the UFC Hall of Fame, a guy who was a champion. Uh, I didn't grow up watching him a lot because when I really started watching UFC, Arlovsky was fighting in 
other leagues uh, for a bit there. But when he came back, he went on his big run with the wins over the likes of Travis Brown and guys like that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've followed quite a bit of his career, I guess. And um, it's, it is cool to uh, share uh, a fight with, uh, with a guy um, like that. Do you have a favorite heavyweight of all time? Like somebody where when you were coming up in the sport that you like revered in, in, uh, in your yeah. eyes? Yeah, Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, so I noticed actually his your previous opponent, Cyril Ghosn, is getting a, a shot at him next. Cyril Ghosn, I guess, is, is the right way to pronounce it. But Cyril Ghosn is getting a shot at Junior Dos Santos next. I thought that was an interesting matchmaking. Yeah, I think the thing is they, they know they're not going to have an issue with Junior Dos Santos showing up and uh, not having any issues fighting. Ghosn's had bad luck recently. He's had a lot of canceled fights with Russians and Eastern European guys. And I think that UFC is kind of just saying, screw it here, Junior's going to fight you. And uh, it is a strange matchmaking, but um, it's it should be a good fight, I guess. Why do you find it strange? Well, Junior's coming off of a few losses and Gon's coming off of a few wins. So although, although Junior's still ranked high in the rankings because of uh, his pedigree and, and the nature of, of the guys he's fought, I, it's still kind of... Uh, atypical for them to match up a guy on a big win streak against a guy on a, a losing streak. Why did uh, Junior mean something to you when you were coming up? Why, why was he the guy? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just liked, I liked watching his fights, and he, I saw his debut where he knocked over Doom, and I was a fan since then. I was young. Uh, I would have been like a late teenager, I think, when he fought there, and I just cheered for him the whole way. I was always cheering for him, and then he beat Kane and. Then, of course, he, he lost to Kane uh, a couple times. But, yeah, Junior's a guy who I consistently uh, cheered for. I don't think I've ever cheered against him. If you look at the Canadians in the UFC right now, do you feel like you're in the best position to eventually contend for a title of everybody that, that is, I guess, in the promotion right now from Canada? Uh, I don't know. That's not something I think about. You know, it's kind of got to be one step at a time. When, when people start talking to me about that, like, slow your roll. I'm on a two-fight winning streak. You know, we got to got to cool our jets here i got a big job ahead of me on saturday in uh um the form of andre arlovsky i'm not thinking about what four best case scenario fights down the line come on man like i i gotta i gotta take i gotta take it step by step here i ain't thinking about that i don't know what canadian there's probably aren't some of the girls uh close to title shots some of the canadian girls i think Jillian robertson's on her way yeah she she's had a few wins in a row right so i i don't know it's honestly not something that I think about myself and not something that I give tons of thought to at all. I think it's because you're Canadian. Like we, we have the, the taste of George St. Pierre that, that lingers in our mouths as Canadian fans because we, we want to see such greatness come from Canada. We're, we're almost grasping at straws at this point in time. We, we just, we're hungry for that next guy. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> look, man, George St. Pierre is one of the greatest of all time. And uh, I don't know if... if I think it's a stretch. If anybody wants to say they're going to be as great as George, come on. Uh, maybe Somebody will be one day, but look, it ain't me, and I don't know if it's anybody else that's here right now either. Not yet. <laughs> I'm just playing the Canadian card. We're very excited yeah. that you're in a co-main event, of course, uh, as, as Canadians, and uh, it's, it's, just, it's very refreshing to see. And it's nice to see everything that's going on at your camp in Edmonton. It's great to see Edmonton become kind of a hotbed for mixed martial arts. Thanks. Uh, I think it has been, honestly, for a long time. 
UFC is starting to sign some guys from our neck of the woods finally. Uh, yeah, yeah, things are going well. You know, hopefully you'll see uh, KB back in there soon, and hopefully Teddy Ash gets another go, and, and we have other guys that could be ready for a contender series type fight, guys like uh, Graham Park, so uh, Spencer Jeb. We have a we have a strong team and uh, have a lot of faith in our team. So um, hopefully hopefully you're gonna get to know uh, the names of some of the other guys soon. Yeah, this has just been kind of a terrible year for regional talent because the regional promotions just aren't operating. Like I believe in Eastern Canada where we, where we are, the next card in Ontario is like in March. So it's been difficult for people to get uh, the reps that they need. Yeah, lots of Canadians are now finding fights in the states. So there's quite a few American promotions that are back up and running a bit now, and a lot of Canadians are going over there to fight. So, of course, it's too bad that Canadian, um, the Canadian MMA scene is completely dead in the water, but at least some guys are getting fights. Now, of course, they're not bringing in the new guys. They're bringing in guys who are a little bit established. Uh, they're not going to bring in a guy who wants to make his debut to the States and pay for his flights and stuff. So it really sucks that there's not going to be uh, right now, there's no development of the newer talent and the newer guys, but some of the more uh, established guys, probably guys in the Canadian top 10 uh, in each weight class, definitely are having opportunities now in America, which is better than nothing. Yeah, I saw Michael Hill got a title shot in CFFC. Uh, Lupita Gondon has just won a, a title uh, out of yeah. because also CFFC. So it's been, uh, it's been nice to see some Canadians getting, uh, getting opportunities in that prom- uh, promotion in particular. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's that... Uh, XFC is having a tournament and Michael Hill is fighting Ryan Dixon and, and my training partner Spencer Jeb is in that same tournament. He's fighting uh, UFC vet. Uh, damn it. What the hell is that guy's name? Bobby Nash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And there's uh, Tom O'Connor is fighting on that card as well. So there's quite a bit of uh, Canadians that are finding fights over there. In terms of KB, he had a, a very rough outing in his uh, UFC debut. How's he keeping, and uh, when do you think he'll be ready to go again? Uh, so he's he's okay. Obviously, um, that was not um, that's how nobody wants any fight to go that way, especially not your UFC debut. Um, he was obviously a, a bit upset and um, a little down on himself for a minute, but the reality is, is you kind of just got to march on. There's nothing else you can do except for go back to the gym. Uh, get better and just beat the next guy. So KB is back training. He didn't even have a long suspension. I want to say he only got like a 15-day suspension because he didn't have any concussive symptoms, although, you know, he got TKO'd, obviously. Um, He hasn't – he's not injured. So he's back training, and he'll be back to like full contact stuff soon. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you see him in there uh, shortly. I think he's – targeting uh like a january type uh timeline is he looking to stay at middleweight yes i realize a lot of people because um breeze looked big people are saying that kb is too small he's gonna probably hopefully try and put on a little bit more muscle and stay at middleweight but kb is a big guy and he has a big frame people don't really understand kb at 170 would not be a healthy man uh he's bigger than a lot of middleweights you know, that middleweight that went viral with the spinning back kick that uh, Joaquin Buckley and, and Impa Kasanga and I, both great fighters. Um, KB is larger than both of them, but nobody cares because they just saw him standing beside Tom Breeze, who looked absolutely jacked. And the other thing is, 
well, it looked like Breeze was a little bit bigger. It, it, it doesn't make sense why people are saying that that had anything to do with it. If he would have went out there and wrestled KB and outstrength them, that would make at least more sense why people would say things like that. But he got, he got clipped and he got, he got like dropped on the feet. That has nothing to do with how big somebody is. Uh, so yeah, KB is definitely staying at middleweight. Everybody wants people from your camp to move down. They want you to move down. They want KB to move down. Everybody's just trying to make you guys kill yourselves cutting weight. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's uh, stuck in their um, stupid back and forth where they can't make up their mind. It's either, oh, man, you're not big. you got to move down a weight class or two. Or, or and then the next day they're saying, you know, MMA needs to ban weight cutting. It's bad for guys. It's, it's bad for fighters' health. I care about fighters' health. You're dehydrating yourself and IVs and your brain. And then they're going to come here and tell you to lose 30 pounds. So uh, people are inconsistent and dumb. And, uh, yeah, I'm staying at heavyweight and KB's staying at middleweight. Well, you should remind them who the champion is at the heavyweight and what they weighed in and uh, added in their last fight. Yeah, Stipe weighed in in the 220s. So. And you'll probably be, what, in the 230s when you step on the scale on, uh, on Friday morning? Yeah, I'll be uh, 235 plus minus a pound or two. I'm, I'm sitting right at 235. So it depends how much I eat for breakfast that day, you know. Well, it's funny. Like you look at the heavyweight division's history, and most of the best champions are like are at that range. You talk about Junior. You talk about Cain Velasquez. Just because you might be able to make two hundred five doesn't mean it would be advantageous. Yeah. So here's the thing. I could. Sorry. I don't know what happened there. I could make two hundred five, but I would have to lose muscle, and and I don't have. I have a bit of fat, of course, but I mean, I'd have to lose quite a bit of muscle. People don't understand. They like to say stuff like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know, Paulo Costa cuts from 220 pounds all the way down to 185. Yeah, he gets big in between fights. Like, I, if you want to play that game, I mean, I get up into the 250s after a fight, usually after two weeks of eating and not training and drinking and stuff. Yeah, I can clock in at, at 255 sometimes. And now I'm down to 235 to fight because I'm in, like, peak shape. So this is where I would have to get down to – and now we're talking 30 pounds of, of extra dieting, sodium cut, and weight cutting. That's a lot. And I would not be big. I'm all, I wouldn't be big at 205 either. I would be proportionately the same size. You don't get to stay. I wouldn't get to stay 235 pounds at light heavyweight. People don't understand. I don't get to be the exact same guy. I'd cut the weight, and I would get back up to 220 just like everyone else in my division. And I'm still 6'2". <laughs> I'm not going to be a giant down there. So I'm, I'm doing fine here. Uh, Pessoa cut to 265, and it wasn't a problem for me. So I don't know why people say that when I don't have a history of getting outmuscled or something. I don't understand why people make such a big cut. Like uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., for example, he won the ultimate fighter at heavyweight, and he fights at middleweight now. At heavyweight, he would have such a BJJ advantage over just about everybody in the division. And for whatever reason, right. he decides to kill himself cutting weight. I don't even know who that dude is, but yeah, uh, if, stay down there, man. I don't feel like playing jujitsu. <laughs> but that's exactly it, right? Like, if, if you were this, this guy's a world class practitioner. I forget who he beat recently. He beat like one of the big names in uh, in jujitsu in, in grappling, like in the last year or two. If this guy was at heavyweight, he like if he could if he could take a punch at, at the weight, and he showed that he could on the Ultimate Fighter. Like, why not stay there instead of having to cut all that weight? Uh, I just don't understand a lot of the time. I feel like a lot of people that are lighter at heavyweight would do better at heavyweight based on their skill set. I think that certain people have a, a bit of a mental weakness and they want to have 
a bit of a size advantage or at least a perceived size advantage or at least at the very least not a size disadvantage and i think that uh i think that there's guys who are unable to overcome that and have faith in their abilities and skill set and be like yeah okay i give up 30 40 pounds to this guy i don't care i'm gonna go kick his ass there are other people who can't do that and if they don't have every single you know possible advantage that they could perceive then they aren't confident so there's a lot of guys that cut weight just to um mentally give themselves a chance you, you mentioned ivs earlier that's the one thing that i would change about weight cutting right now and I, I feel like the ufc should have people that are licensed within usada or whatever give out ivs after the weigh-ins because i feel like it would be a more healthy way to replenish the system i know that i know the reason why it's banned but i feel like if it's being uh, administered by the appropriate people that it should not no longer be banned in the sport i just feel like it's better for long-term health uh yeah that makes sense to me uh, i don't really have an opinion on it because it's not something i've ever had to do but yeah like what you're saying completely makes sense well, I, I do uh, look forward to your co-main event. It's, uh, it will be on TSN in Canada. I'm sorry you have trouble with our app. We will uh, do our best to make sure that, <laughs> that it's fixed for you in the future. Uh, I saw your interview with James Lynch, and I was, you know, oh, I, was I cringed a little bit, but you know, I, I'm not in that department. But uh, I know that we will do what we can to, uh, to make sure that you have a, a better experience using it in the future. Thanks, man. It's, it's worked good the last couple times. But, yeah, I've had, uh, had a lot of headaches with that thing. Well, as long as when you reach out to our, our support people, someone's there to help you. That's what's important to me. Yes, the last guy helped me by telling me to uninstall it and reinstall it, and that worked. So again, okay, I had no idea. Well, yeah, lots of apps have that thing. I've done that many times in the past where it's, like, it's not working, and I, I get rid of it, and I bring it back, and it works fine. Like uh, the Twitter app, for example, has done that, and that's uh, a pretty, uh, pretty uh, high-scale tech company. All right, well, now I know. There you go. I'm not a technologically advanced person, man. I'm kind of a dummy, so you got to got to help me out with things, you know? One last question for you before we wrap. Last time uh, in, in 2016, during the election, I was in New York because uh, there was, I think it was Conor versus Alvarez was in New York at that time. Um, and being a Canadian in the U.S. during an election is a, in, an interesting experience. Any, anything you could share from uh, your time last night uh, in America during election night? It is very dead in Las Vegas. It is a ghost town. So not a lot going on, and at the very least, I don't know, whoever wins, hopefully there's no riots here. I don't think this is the place uh, where riots are going to take place, so uh, nope, nothing really. I mean, we went out for sushi last night in matching tracksuits and saw maybe four other people, and no one no one was uh, out there throwing bricks at windows or uh, having a parade with signs, so uh, so far so good on the election front. Sounds like a very boring dinner. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the co-main event yourself, Andre Arlovsky, and uh, we enjoy watching your evolution in the sport, Tanner. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. He is one half of the main event of this weekend's UFC Fight Night card. Two former title challengers will square off. It's Tiago Maheta Santos and Glover Teixeira. First off, uh, Tiago, I wanted to ask you, I asked your opponent the same question, but uh, Anderson Silva last week, his final fight in the UFC. I was wondering how you felt when you were watching that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's a legend of the sport, you know. But uh, yeah, I feel sad. Uh, watched him uh, lose that fight like that, you know. I hope he, he stop and enjoy your life with his family, his 
his life with his family now. What's your favorite moment from Anderson's career? Is there a moment uh, or one of his fights that stands out to you as something that you remember nicely? Uh, when he he beat uh, Chao Sonny. That fifth round, the uh, the triangle. Yes, yes, he was uh, losing that fight, you know, and then surprise uh, Chao Chao with uh, triangle and won. Uh, yeah, it's a historical fight. You've been uh, injured for some time. You're coming back now, obviously, but uh, your last fight was against John Jones. What was the most difficult part of being injured uh, and not being able to train? Uh, everything difficult, you know. Not, not, not only physically, but mentally. Uh, yeah, I went through so hard time. But uh, yeah, now I feel 100%. You know, I feel good. But yeah, it's very difficult. First, physically, and, sec and second, uh, so hard mentally, you know, to come back. Is it hard to, I mean, when you are coming back from an injury, when you're training, when you get hit in those places where you were injured, uh, it, it, like you said, it's a bit of a mental hurdle to get over. How long did it take for you to get more comfortable um, training with that injury? Yeah, around eight months. You know, yeah, when uh, I start training, I feel so afraid, you know, to someone kick my knee again and in, can injure injury again, you know. Yes, mentally, was hard to, to back, you know, confidence again. And when you're recovering, and uh, I know that uh, your girlfriend Yana was carrying you places and, and it was difficult for you to get around at times. How hard is that for you as somebody who's just an athlete that, that's training all the time, that's always trying to be their best, uh, their best self? Uh, sorry, can you repeat, please? Yeah, just, just um, when, when you know that you can't train and, and you have to be carried places and you, it's hard for you to, to get around. What's that like as somebody who's so used to training all the time and being so active? Yeah, when uh, when I start kick again, you know, when I start kick again, I, f I feel so happy, you know. We feel emotion, you know, because I saw, uh, I thought. I never more kick again like I kicked it before, you know. So when I start kicking, so I feel so so happy. Was there anything that you did while you were injured? That uh, any new hobbies or any books you read, any music you listened to? What did you do to pass the time uh, while you were recovering? I like go to the the beach, you know. Uh, yeah, something like that, something nature, you know, for relax. Yeah, or stay at home. I like stay at home too, you know. I like things calm, you know. Farm, go to farm. I like go to the farm. It's so funny to hear you talk about how you enjoy, like, peace and tranquility because when you're in the cage and you're competing, you're just such a fierce competitor. 
Yeah, that's why uh, when I'm not uh, fight in the cage or training, I like to be calm, relax, peace, you know. Yeah, because my my job is like this, you know, a little bit stress, you know. Not stress, but uh, how do I say, how can I say? Emotional, no, you adrenaline, yeah, this word, adrenaline, all the time, adrenaline, you know. So when I stay, uh, my time for rest, it's I, I like relax, calm, peace. How do you turn off the adrenaline? How do you uh, make it where you're you change your intensity level from when you're training to when I guess you're just calm and at home? How how long does it take for you to get out of that mode or for you to click into being uh, more aggressive and and uh, and training? Uh, it's like if I have a, a bottle, you know, I can change this so fast. Uh, I was long long time in army, you know. Sometimes we stay uh, in a good situation. Sometimes uh, so fast change, you stay in a uh, hard situation, danger. So you need, uh, we need to have this, this, this feeling to change fast, quickly, when, when things change. And I feel like this. Well, one thing that's changed right now, it looks like, is the, the light heavyweight division. Uh, you know, John Jones and Daniel Cormier were the champions for so long. And now there's a new champion, Jan Blachowicz, who you have a win over. Uh, a lot of people expected this to be a number one contenders fight between yourself and Glover. But now it looks like Israel Adesanya is moving up and he's going to get the next title shot. When you heard that news, were you disappointed by that? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Honestly, after disappointment, a little bit. But uh, after I'm... I saw in the, it can be, everything can change, you know, situation can change uh, all the time, you know. But, so my, my focus now, it's on Glover Teixeira, my next fight, I need to win that fight. And then after, I will think about that, you know, things can change. If he still don't have contract, everything can change, you know. Yeah, and it seems like it's not a, not a done deal just yet. So as you mentioned, a good performance this weekend could go a long way. Uh, we talked about Anderson Silva, a legend. Uh, Glover Teixeira, also a legend in terms of Brazilian MMA. He's been around for 18 years doing this, and he, and he looks great right now. He's on a, on a great streak. Um, what's it like to get in there with somebody like that, uh, somebody who's a, really a legend uh, of Brazilian MMA? Yeah, he's a legend, absolutely. He's a tough guy and still... Still doing a good job, you know, and uh, I have only respect about him, and uh, I feel happy to go to fight against him. You know, he's a legend, he's a good guy, tough guy, and uh, I'm sure it's gonna be a great fight, great fight Saturday night. Have you gone back and watched your fight? Watched your fight against John Jones? You know, a lot of people had differing opinions. Some people thought you won. Some people thought you lost. Yeah, I watched two, two, two or three times, and uh, I understand uh, why it was a slip decision because sometimes, one time I watched it, I saw, yeah, I won that fight. Other, other time I watched it. 
I saw. No, I'm I'm lost that fight. Yeah, so hard, so so close, you know. We can't complain about uh, about the uh, result. Well, when you think about John Jones and uh, all of the different decisions over the course of his career, I, I don't think the fight with Reyes was a split. I think it was unanimous. Um, so you might be the only person that's actually won a scorecard against John Jones. I might be wrong on that, but is that is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So do you no, take, fight, yeah. do you take that as a moral victory? Like, is that a victory for you? Just having knowing that you you beat him on one judge's scorecard, or does it mean nothing to you because it didn't you didn't win the fight overall? For me, uh, most important that I survive. I my injury, you know, during the fight. I think uh, some fights uh, give up that time, you know. But still, I'm keeping. Keep going, keep going. Five rounds, you know. Uh, it's making me proud. How did you score his fight with Reyes? Uh, Jones. Yeah, Jones. He won three rounds, in my opinion. Have one round a little bit close, but uh, I have this feeling Jones uh, go forward. You know, he's uh, show a little bit tired, you know. And, yeah, for me, uh, Jones won that fight. How much happier are you during fight week, knowing you don't need to cut weight? Uh, now I'm happy, man. I fought before 185, now 205. Uh, I can eat good, my weight good, relax, you know. And now everything good for me. When you were at middleweight, would you weigh the same today, uh, back then as you do now? Like, are you were you the same weight? You just have to cut a lot more. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit the same. No big difference, you know. And so it was so hard to me. <laughs> well, that's a lot of fighters that don't have to cut weight anymore. They say that you know sometimes the weight cut was more stressful to them than the actual fight. Is that how you felt when you were at middleweight? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I can't think about about fight, about uh, anything. Only about my weight, you know, hungry all the time. Uh, no, so bad. I don't want this feeling again. <laughs> How long does it take you to cut down to two hundred five? Now, do you just get? Is it like three hours? Uh, for two hundred five. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Like, how long does it take you to to take the weight off to get to the 205 limit rather than 185? Like, is it, a, is it two, three hours now? Is that all it takes for you to get to the 205-pound cutoff? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, around this two, three hours. Yeah, it must, that must be amazing. It must be a great feeling knowing you don't need to go through what you had to go through before. Uh, well, it's a, a great fight. Yourself, Glover Teixeira. It's the main event this weekend. Uh, again, two former title challengers. And, uh, you know, hopefully the winner of this fight does end up getting a title shot sooner rather than later. And uh, we look forward to watching it this weekend. Yeah, I hope I'm prepared. I'm 100% good. I'm going to do my best. I'm so happy to go back to fight again and uh, I'm so excited I will do my best and uh, yeah I hope I, I win that fight and uh, go to the Irish. 
Well, it's great to have you back. I appreciate your time. Thank you. It's a main event featuring two title challengers in the light heavyweight divisions, Glover Teixeira taking on Tiago Santos. But before I get to that fight, Glover, I want to ask you first your opinion about Anderson Silva. This past weekend, he fought likely for the last time in the UFC. What did you think uh, when you were watching that fight? What were your feelings at the time? Uh, you know, man, Anderson, it's a, it's a great fighter. Uh, he done amazing for the sport. I was just uh, glad to be able to see him so many times, you know. And, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, sucks. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't get the win, but, uh, you know, man, he didn't have to prove anything else. What's your favorite moment when you think of Anderson Silva? What's the one that stands out to you as being your favorite Anderson Silva moment? Uh, so, so many of them, man. You know, like the guys uh, uh, fought beautifully, you know. Um, I think, um, it's you know, for us, Griffin fight was an amazing fight, you know, just the way he, he, he fought and for us being like um, a top contender, you know, uh, uh, a a former champion uh, at the time was like amazing to see Anderson did, but like uh, also uh, Stefan Bonner too. The way he's in, um, how how calm he is when he fights. You know the way he he look uh, at his corners like, ah, come down, I got I got <laughs> this. You know, and it's like uh, it's just amazing. Man. A lot of the, the the his fights, you know, was great. It was great. I watched that fight last week, the Stefan Bonner fight, and you're right. It's him leaning up against the cage and his his corner set telling him, you know, get in the get in the center. And he's, no, no, I know what I'm doing, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. When you were watching that fight at the time, what was going through your mind when you see a fighter at that high a level performing like that? Like, is is it hard to live up to that kind of? I mean, it must put pressure on you to just get better every day. Yeah, I fought in the same card, you know. I fought um, I fought Maldonado that that time, so. I was able to actually see the fight. Uh, I was backstage doing an interview, but I saw the fight. And uh, um, yeah, man, you know, just the way uh, he he does the thing. Like when he, you know, he got criticized a lot when he lost to uh, Wide Wideman, but because you know he's playing around. But that's his thing, you know. Like how many times he won, and um, and just make a. It's so so easy. The way he fights was was that way, and uh, good thing about that, he never really stopped fighting that way. You know what I mean? He just kept kept the pace going, even though he lost. He he moving. He relaxed. He's he's an uh, experienced fighter, man. It's inspiring to see him in the cage at age 45, and it's inspiring to see you on such a big win streak, four in a row for you. Um, you're, you're, I believe, 41 years of age now. How do you keep, um, keep your career so fresh? How do, you, how do you remain so competitive in your later years? Uh, you know, just um, learning and, um, and um, listening and put the effort to it with, uh, with the things that I have to do, um, you know, Listen to the specialists about overtraining, about sleeping, about resting. Uh, the PI guys, the all, all of them, you know, um, the nutrition, 
uh, everything combined together and just follow up with them and my coaches uh, tell me how to drill, when to drill, um, not to go crazy and, and you know, the balance is, is very important. So I guess I learned so much over the, the years and uh, I'm putting now on action and putting the, uh, to work. So I guess that's what uh, it's been working so far, you know. And you, uh, you came out and said that you had been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, I guess that's why this, this fight uh, was getting postponed. So you, you and Alex Pereira were kind of bubbled together. You guys were training together. And you guys both got COVID-19 and kept training through COVID-19 in your garage. Is that right? Is that the, the right story? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, we, we start, I mean, the fight got delayed, so I stopped for a couple of days, three days. And, um, and uh, the fight was going to be in October. So I said, hey, man, we got to get back to training. So me and Alex uh, and Hedge, we, uh, we, we, we start training. We train the whole time, man. Is your gym in your garage or do you have a, a separate gym as well? No, I have a gym. I uh, have a gym open for the public, you know. But, um, yeah, I couldn't go to the gym because I was in quarantine. So we bought some mats and uh, we put it in the garage. Actually, we put it outside. It was so nice outside. We just opened the mats outside in my yard and we just keep training and drilling over there. One thing I noticed this week, Alex Pereira is with you uh, in Las Vegas. And Israel Adesonia is also in Las Vegas. I know that the last person to knock out Israel is Alex Pereira. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, uh, Alex is here. He uh, He's he's going to fight in um, LFA uh, to, um, November, um, um, yeah, November 20. So, uh, you know, he's he's going to move to, to uh, um, I think he wants to go to uh, MMA and uh, we see how it goes, man. This guy is um, he's legit, man. He's no joke. How does he do with you on the ground? That's what I'm curious about. He's do very good. He's he's way more experienced than I thought he was. You know, when he come down, that was the first time I trained with him. He come to train. Uh, I I didn't think he was, um, you know, he was, he had much ground. I just thought he was gonna be a big help stand up, but uh, um, his takedown defense and uh, his ground game is uh, is pretty good, man. He's uh, and he's. And he learned so fast. That's another thing. Like he's been there for uh, two months now, and um, you know things that I tell him. You know, like oh, you gotta get up. You know, don't don't wanna do ground too much. You style. You wanna the chocolate Dell style. You know, but he picks up things so fast, and um, I think he's gonna do really great anyway in uh, in MMA. So I asked how you did, how he did with you on the ground. How did you do with him on the feet? I'm also curious about that. <laughs> uh doing pretty good man you know we train uh, very smart uh the guys is tough the guys is uh he, he, you know he's a champion for a reason he's a he's a great um but um the training was amazing man i mean we go back and forth and uh he love it he might move to connecticut believe it or not he he thinking about uh a moving over there you know he, he loved the training so much he thinks it's gonna help him and um I'm just glad to have a, such a strong uh, a partner in my uh, my side. What brought you to Connecticut in the first place? I know you've lived there for some time. Uh, how did you end up in Connecticut? I, uh, you know, when I come to America, I have some uh, friends over there. Uh, 
you know, they work in landscaping, and, and there's a big, big landscaping, big in carpenter, Connecticut. It's, it's big for labor, you know. I, that's why I come here to do labor work. And uh, I went straight to Connecticut, and I met my wife there. And uh, I moved to California for a little bit in 2005 to 2008. Um, but that's it, man. Then I went, went back. I, I come back to Connecticut. And uh, now I, that's my second home there. It's my second home. My my home right now, you know, I uh, say my second home because it's always you, you you know, your home is, is home, you know. Uh, Brazil, Sobralia, my hometown. But uh, Connecticut is definitely a place that I, um, I'm enjoying now. I have my dream, I have my house, everything's there. So you've been settled there for what, 12 years now? I went to Connecticut in 99, but um, I I moved to California for a couple of years, and I stayed in Brazil for for three years. Uh, yeah, but all all this time I've been there for eight years. Since I come back from Brazil and I lived there um, five years, about 12, 13 years in Connecticut. So John Jones was the champion of the division for a long time. Of course, uh, there were some situations where Daniel Cormier was the champion uh, as well. But uh, now there's finally a new champion, and Jan Bojovic is the first time there's been a new champion, I think, in 11 years that isn't named John Jones or Daniel Cormier, which is pretty incredible. Uh, but now it looks like Israel Adesanya is moving up, and he's going to fight at light heavyweight when it, it looked like your fight against Thiago was going to be a number one contender's fight. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you're 41, Thiago's 37. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm guessing that you guys are hoping to get into that title picture as soon as you can, but what do you think about Israel jumping the line? Uh, I mean, I don't think about this stuff. I, I, um, I focus on the thing that I can't control, and uh, what I can't control right now is um, is this fight and uh, the preparation for this fight, and uh, that's what I'm enjoying, man. I'm enjoying every moment right now, and uh, after this fight, we'll see what happens. Uh, reality, um, I heard that the winner of this fight is going to fight for uh, the title, but uh, who knows, you know, it's something that uh, is not in my control, so I'm not worried about it at all. How important is it to you to win the UFC title? Yeah, it's, it's everything, you know. That's why we're here for being a champion. It's being a champion, man. Your fighter, I mean, you wanted to be the champion. You wanted to um, put the strap in your waist and um, call it a day. That's why we're here. That's why we keep climbing the ladder. And uh, that's a dream. Now, you've been in the sport for such a long time, and you, you've been fighting, what, since I think you said 1999 or the 90s, and now um, you're, you're still fighting. You're still fighting at such a high level. Are you impressed with how long your career has been? Yeah. Uh, I started in uh, 2002, my first fight. Where, yeah, 18 years now, going 19. Yeah, man, you know, I, um, I take care of myself. I uh, never did a crazy thing. Never did drugs, you know. Uh, you know, a little bit of alcohol, <laughs> party a little bit, you know. But nothing too crazy. Uh, and now I've been more focused because of the age. I can't, I can't um, party like I used to. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just fine. Not, not that I party too much, but you know, I like the, I like that whiskey some once in a while. But uh, you know. Right now, it's just uh, focus on fighting and, and focus on my body and keep going. All right, sir. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Um, in terms of Tiago Santos, 
your opponent this Saturday. Is there anything uh, about his game that you think is going to be uh, difficult for you? I know when you fought Anthony Johnson, it, it was a very quick fight because of his striking ability. Um, and Tiago Santos has very, you know, he's got big power as well. Is there anything that Tiago Santos brings to the table that you're looking to avoid uh, engaging in uh, with him? Yeah, you learn with uh, with your mistakes, you know. Uh, Anthony Johnson was a mistake, was a you know was a freaky thing too, you know, throw the punch together. But uh, Thiago, that's one thing that I had to to pay attention. His explosion, he's very powerful, but uh, we were prepared for that. Well, if you're bringing in Alex Pereira, I imagine you are very uh, well prepared for power. That's what that guy brings to the table. Well, thank you for this. Yeah. Appreciate it, Glover. And uh, best of luck this Saturday. The main event, yourself, Tiago Santos. It's UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas. Thank you, man. A huge thank you to our guests, Tanner Bozer, Tiago Santos, Glover Teixeira. It's UFC Fight Night this weekend. Really excited about this one. You can also go to uh, my Twitter page, at Aaron Bronstetter, for any articles, interviews that I, uh, I post for these particular cards, and TSN Edge. Uh, you can follow TSN Edge on Twitter. Uh, a lot of my betting content is available there if you're interested in that side of the mixed martial arts game. It's uh, an interesting card. I think there's a lot of fun talent on this card. you got uh, Giga Chikadze, big favorite against Jamie Simons, or Jamie Simmons, rather. Um, and uh, I think his nickname is the Afro Samurai. I like that. Uh, Bavon Lewis, Trevin Giles, that's a good one at uh, middleweight. And uh, the return of Anthony Burchak. It's nice to see Anthony Burchak back in the UFC. So a lot to watch uh, this coming weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Next week, Islam Makhachev, his first main event against Rafael dos Anjos. Uh, another one that I think is of uh, real interest to the uh, MMA community. As uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov believes that his training partner, Islam Makhachev, will be a future lightweight champion. And I think that uh, the best way to prove that is by beating a former lightweight champion in Hopel Los Angeles. Big, big favorite at minus 525 right now for Makhachev. Is that justified? I don't know. We'll talk about that next week. Thanks for tuning in to the TSN MMA show interview edition. Next week, myself and Joe will talk about all the news and notes and another interview edition coming your way at that time as well.